Okay, I am recording. It's a boo day in the workroom. Did you like that? I did. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's a spooky Bring day. Bring the creative. No, boo. Hello, uh, boule. It's a boule day in the workroom. It's a boule day in the workroom. Uh, yes, as you could probably tell by the title of this episode, we are discussing Dracula Titans. Yeah, I mean, if you if you were here last year, uh, you will know that like Dracula really was the one for us. I think it's safe to say that Dragula was the, the one last year that sort of like turned our heads around. So very excited to get stuck into this new season. We have three episodes up so far that we're going to chit chat about. We're going to look through the queens, talk about mm-hmm. some of the heavy storylines that are emerging early on and hopefully will get wrapped up and moved on. And some very complicated to explain looks, I think. Safe yes. To say. <laughs> <laughs> but also like i guess <laughs> on a high level you know this is kind of doing the all-stars thing but for dracula and it's interesting to see the different sort of format changes and how some of them were kind of similar to all-stars format changes some of them were trying to be different and i think it's an interesting uh scenario for them to be in because they never mentioned drag race by name but it must always be the elephant in any production meeting and you know and to be like okay well yeah. this is what they did we can't do that because we accused of copying them so what are we go- how are we gonna put our own spin on it yeah I, d- I did think that particularly in the first episode uh there's a couple of points or there's one like there's a, a, a sort of a queen's voting point that is like a direct copy of of the way all stars is done now in drag race um and like you kind of do wonder because I don't know like there there's a certain amount of within the Dragula world of kind of like oh we're kind of better than Drag Race or kind of like you know a feeling of mm. like we are uh we're sort of um we're we're yeah we, we're we're the real queens over here real really artsy and creative but then actually a lot of the stuff that they're doing even in like the lip sync kind of smackdown business and is very Drag racy. Um, mm. So I don't know and But like, I don't like, like The boulets never say anything And the, the boulets are very complimentary yeah. Of any Rue girl that comes through the thing And like it was Last year mm. they had to like Really skirt around the issue With Jade Jolie in there But like You know I don't, I don't think they're, they're, They themselves are necessarily saying Like oh they, we're better than Drag Race But it just seems to come off In the fandom sometimes That like Oh we're the real fans of drag Drag races for The sellouts and the The Cishet white girls yeah, like, wasn't there, when people were sending Sigourney Beaver and Mary Cherry hate, they were like, you know, save that for Drag Race. The Dracula fandom don't do that, yes. etc. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, I think that's definitely going to be interesting as we, as we reflect through the season. Let's go through the greens one by one as they entered the cauldron. Is that what we call that? No, the, it's not the workroom. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Um, Coco Cane, season four, came ninth. Uh, I also wrote down pronouns where they're available. After LaFail and the confusion we had there, I said I'll be proactive and look at the pronouns. And actually, I was thinking it's probably some good practice that people could do on on especially queer shows is just have the pronouns in the name. Whenever they show the name, why not add the pronouns in it as well? Like it would, you know, stop us from assuming. Uh, But yeah, uh, Coco Kane, uh, Eva Destruction, Erica Clash, 
and Hosa Teratoma are all non-binary, so um, they all use they them pronouns. Uh, anyway, Coco Kane, happy to see her back. Yeah, Coco Kane was one like probably the queen from last season who I really was like this is a this is a an all stars queen right here. This is someone who needs that second coming. They like arrived in. They had all of the personality. They had all of the kind of the goods. They just didn't seem to be able to like get them to the level they needed to be at for season four, which was a really hard, like, which was a really, like, strong season in terms of the queens that were on it. Uh, and I think that they they are, and then their turn at the the reunion, like, they really came into their own in that place and, and handled themselves incredibly well with it. So I was very excited to see them back. Do I think that they're living up to what I was expecting? No, I don't think they are. Like, they're kind of... Like they're kind of a bit timid or something. It's it's a very, yeah. I don't know. They 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 haven't they haven't wowed me um in the way that I was hoping that they would or felt that they would. Yeah, like I think they're great in the talking heads and they definitely are very charismatic, but definitely the first two looks from the first two episodes felt very scant, and the third one wasn't that much better. And I guess yeah, <clears throat> I guess if that's their style, that's their style, but. I kind of want it to be bigger. Yeah, like I, I kind of felt sorry for them because I, or, or, or sorry for is it Kendra Onyx mm. because their like their drag style seemed to have been like kind of like I mean and and it was funny because we almost got a like I don't want to see any fucking H and M on this runway off one of the boules during that thing but like yeah. their drag is similarly kind of like understated and messy and kind of like it's more about the character and sort of the 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 aura it's, you know it's 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 more about vibes less about look and uh, you know. I don't know like I think that it just so happened that the vibe they ever were able to provide with this third look which was as basic as the 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 first two just happened to really match with the challenge so mm. like they kind of got away with it yeah uh, but yeah I would like to see something more creative from them because I, I still think back to that amazing fully like braided Morticia Adams look that they had in the first season that they were mm. on and it's like well that is like that's kind of that should be the starting point and it should only go up from there. That should yeah, be well, the best you've ever given. Well, out of all of them, I guess we see her the most making everything in the in that workroomy place. So Yeah. And she does get rewarded for that in terms of um being told actually sorry, I think they use they even in drag. Um they do get rewarded for that even from the Boulet brothers to say, like, we love to see people craft their own looks backstage and stuff, but I just think they need to see more more finesse or something. Yeah, I'm just not connecting to it. Yeah, I mean, I think because like if they they also made that amazing hat that they wore in the the challenge last the second week challenge where it was the witches yeah. and like that hat was like it was fab when you got to see it. But like they came out on stage, they wore it for like twenty seconds, flung it to the side, and then we're kind of walking around in these like I don't know sort of gross white cowboy boots <laughs> yeah when there was that zoom up on the boots I was like oh they look like they just sort of yeah. like a apart at the hems yeah <laughs> the um, next up is Melissa B. Fierce now I have seen season one and two of Dracula but I watched them on this like grainy daily motion feed and my memory for a lot of them is is very scant mm. so i'm just gonna say melissa beaver feels totally brand new to me um 
and I like her. Yeah, no, I, I'm really enjoying her. I, I hadn't watched season one or I watched like the first episode of season one. I was like, I can't be, be dealing with this. And so I feel like she she is a brand new entity to me. Um, and I'm really enjoying her in the talking heads. I, you know, I'm like, there's some of the drama that I feel like she's kind of constructing it for the sake of constructing some drama. Like the whole stuff that happened in episode three, where it was like, oh, you say one thing where she was kind of like riling Kendra to be like around the, the argument with Astrid and um, with Astrid and and uh, and Eva, where it kind of was like, well, actually, like they what they were saying, like was completely true, but like they, like and it lined up. But then I don't know, she was kind of going in to try and turn it into this whole big thing of like, oh, well, some people are lying and saying stuff behind people's backs. And I was like, I don't know. There was a bit of that that I was like, this feels too much. And it also feels yeah. so forced. And it feels like the production, like even there was one point at which kind of, the, the the production just like silenced Astrid speaking so you couldn't see what she said after a certain point so it sounded mm. like sort of Melissa's point was proven even though it absolutely wasn't yeah that I, and I was just a bit like I, I'm not here for like I'm really not here for this level of drama and messiness yeah and like that's uh, that's the secondary messiness to like the major messiness of the season as well so I'm like <laughs> yeah I mean I do have a question to get to later on about that but maybe I should get to it now which is you know, does the drama in this show undermine the art that's on display? Well, this is the thing, I suppose, like, uh, yeah, I think it kind of does because it sort of is like, like, it's all a little bit like, I think was it, uh, I can't remember, was it Astrid that says about Abora is like, you're not, you're, like, you, you're not an artist, you're just an, like an egomaniac or something like that, something along mm. those lines. And there is a bit of like, you know, the, the boules take it so seriously and, and like their, their critiques and everything are so intricate and they're always kind of, you know, coming from that place of we're not judging your drag, we're judging it. But then like, it's like you stick your head into that big bucket of blood and then sort of, you know, this whole like love triangle thing that's going on. And the fact that they're choosing within production to focus on that, like you wouldn't get that level of drama on Drag Race. And there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, an argument that can be made that Drag Race has gone sort of, you know, too sort of sanitized. But like, I'm here for Dragula, not, fucking love island i don't care if you're pulling a horror for fucking chat like Mm. you know that's not what i'm here for (laughs) yeah definitely it's i couldn't i'm trying trying to put my finger on it but it kind of just feels like they lean into every slightest bit of drama like even at one point ava destruction is saying you know thank you for the critiques and is giving some context as to you know their inspiration and is it onyx is rolling their eyes and it's like pick and choose the 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 most important dramas and give us them but it, it i just feel more so than drag race ever was and i even include i guess season three and season five the biggest bullying seasons i say it's like everyone comes in there just to be purposefully nasty to each other yeah. and mean and everyone's shouting over yovska and like they obviously have a great sisterhood but they seem to like purposely not show us that in it and spend so much time being messy and shouting at each other and you know like Ava Destruction on one hand is like oh, they're annoying me with the love triangle but I also want to make sure Abhor is okay so I'm going to check in on her and then they're calling her fake and it's just like yeah, I yeah. mean, of course, like, you know, not every, you know, you don't have to say everything that's on your mind all no, the time. Or, or like, you, you, you're not always going, like, you know, kind of uh, multiple things can be true at once. And th- like, that was the thing that annoyed me with kind of the, when Kendra had ended up in the bottom and 
you know, Eva Destruction said, your look is worse than Yavska's, but I'd like you to stay. Like, that, like, the, everything in that statement, nothing in that contradicts anything else. Like, yeah. everything in that statement is, is 100%, like, you know, lined up and correct. Yavska's look was better. But Eva wanted Kendra to stay. Like those yeah. two things can exist within the same universe. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and then to be to kind of like have the the sort of uh, one of the like secondary dramas of, this, of the the following episode be about this idea now that Eva destruction is like this sort of you know whispering behind your back because she said it's like it 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 also like it, it's not believable because you can see that it's been constructed and that it's ridiculous as a viewer. So you're not getting really drawn into it. You're just getting distracted by it. Yeah. I don't know, like, I think Drag Race has been a love fest for the last while. And I'm kind of okay with that. Like, I think a nice bit of drama, a nice candy muse versus Tamisha, man, you know, Pepper is up a bit of untucked, which is a bit bland at the moment. Yeah. But this just feels like everyone is looking for every little glimpse of a bit of drama and the camera crew are willing to indulge that and the producer willing to indulge it. And I think it undermines the show. Yeah. And I'd be interested to know, like, you know, all of the queens who were on this show are very, very talented and mm-hmm. they all have interesting perspectives in drag. But I would, particularly when it comes to the Hoso, Abhora, Astrid kind of love triangle storyline, I want to know when they were selecting cast members, did, like, was there a production awareness of this? And particularly because there was a throwaway comment made by Eva Destruction. It was like, this is very unusual. I wasn't expecting a poor to be here because they felt like they were done with the whole Dragula thing. And it just mm-hmm. makes you like, like, I don't know. I, I, I have, I can very clearly remember the kind of like the, the, the way that being love struck in that way or feeling rejected in that way can impact your head and stuff. And it's like having someone in a workroom where they are being, faced every single day with this or thing like it does it feels like a duty of care issue like particularly like you know whatever if it was like a love island or uh you know celebs on the beach or whatever kind of that has or like love is blind or whatever that has like a but in this it just sort of feels cruel Mm. and it it feels like no one's being looked after and also like i mean and also like i mean uh, i would say like the, the other thing is that for hoso this is going to like I have, I went into this as someone who like I didn't warm to Hoso enormously in the first in their their season I, I I found them a bit entitled I thought that they you know that they were obviously an excellent queen but they kind of were a bit I don't know frustrating to watch but I really dislike them now because they seem like a bad mm. person who treats people nastily so like and it's like you're actually seeing like this is their character out of drag this is how they treat people this is how they think it's appropriate to treat people so it's like instead of now being like oh you're a bit disrespectful to people behind stage and you're a bit disorganized it's like oh no you're a cunt of a person <laughs> who treats people badly so I just I'm like I, I don't know like that sort of is the you know, and then and that actually genuinely is like impacting how I watch Hoso as a drag performer in the universe of Dragula as just a person watching the TV show yeah, and I guess when we talk about duty of care, it's probably why Drag Race has gone more love fest recently is unfortunately arguments spell out on online and there'll be hate thrown at people from either side. Now, look, it'll be thrown at people regardless, but like look at Sigourney Beaver last season who was bullied by the cast and then anyone who bullied her, especially 
queens of color were given such death threats mm-hmm. and stuff like that and like yeah, i think if they if they didn't force that as much it's a duty of care to them after the show and I'm definitely i totally agree with hozo who i was excited to see back but like it's coming across so kind of smug slash either naive or ignorant to the fact of being like at one point uh they were saying oh i like i just thought it would be too harsh to tell them that i'm not interested and it's like no what you're doing is worse by just leading them on and then like behaving with them one way and having it always coated with like you know it's like i love you and it's like you know i'm a huge fan like keeping it that one like arm's distance is just so harsh to them and they either seem to not care about understanding them or yeah just willfully uh, yeah and I, I mean like i don't know like there, there was the whole thing in the was it the, i can't remember the first or the second episode of there where they're like a porter was opening up about them kind of so- talking about their yeah i mean i don't even remember what queen we were on we weren't talking about any of these queens but here we are no, in we this were, conversation that's fine. now we're but, skipping to we're skipping to the list it's okay. yeah but so um where Apora was kind of talking about how like they had like brought them away on um on like romantic getaways and stuff and that like from their point of view it was very obviously it was a, it was very obviously a kind of like this is a romantic gesture with the intention of signaling a romantic interest and that like Hosa was accepting the invitation with you but then was sort of just like staying on their phone or whatever so it's mm. like it like it, I, I would say for like and I, I don't know because I think maybe maybe it's slightly too nuanced for for an audience who just understands things in like big broad strokes, but it's like it's making Hoso look like a really bad person, like a bad yeah. person. Yeah, agree. Um, right, so that that includes Hoso came from season four, one of the runners up. Um, Melissa first is who we started talking about there, and they had a very nice moment. Well, not nice moment, a very vulnerable moment <laughs> that we got to like them yeah. when they shared with us in episode three that their husband had just left them, um, which I wasn't expecting. Like something I think about Melissa is, although she's stirring the pot, in the talking head, she's always just so fun and vibrant. Very, like she, I yeah. think she kind of gets away with it, like a kind of cheekiness rather than cunty. No, completely. I mean, her and Kendra have this together where both of them are like stirring the pot. Both of them are kind of, you know, like they're they're both sort of creating some drama. They're like putting their mm. spin on things. But then they have such a way in the talking heads of kind of like bringing you onto their side. They've got like that charisma yeah. that, yeah, no, I and I actually like getting away from 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 uh, having gotten away from Melissa when we were talking about her. Her drag has also been really getting away from getting away from getting so away from getting away getting away from getting away from Melissa B. Fierce. I'm also really enjoying her drag throughout this. Like I thought, yeah. like I thought that her 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 predator look in the third episode was like you know far and away the mm. best we've seen her. But like there's been a variety. It's all been really good. It's, it, she seems to know how to perform. She's someone who's kind of magnetic on screen, and I think that's kind of what you want. And it was nice to see the Boulet brothers say, no, no, you're here because you're because of glamour. Don't feel that you need to ugly yourself up just for this competition. Yeah. You know, th- for them to stand by the glamour like they did with Sigourney. Like, I really appreciated that from them. And, and I do, it, that is one thing. I, I suppose there's lots of places where, you know, this has borrowed from Drag Race. And that's one thing that I do sort of, I wouldn't mind if, if Drag Race borrowed a bit from this, which is like giving queens who deserve a critique or deserve a note on their performance and note even if they're safe. So someone who does yeah. really well or really steps to answer saying, look, you've done really well here. We appreciate this. We, you know, like I, I like the fact that they do that. I think that 
yeah. that, that like is going to give someone a, a sort of a momentum, even if they are just in the middle of the pack at that moment. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Ava Destruction season three came fifth. I I still think their razor look is one of my favorite looks from Dragon of all time, where they showed all that body hair that they have with just like the razory sort of bra thing. Loved it. Love what they've been putting out this season. A bit of a glow up, I think, as well. Makeup definitely in and out yeah, of drag. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm really loving where we're going with them. No, absolutely. They they have like I think that you know it, it, it's obvious that there are kind of you know two schools of queen in this competition. There's the ones who are really competing to win, and there's the ones who are hanging around. And I would say that Eve is definitely in that first group. Like she is, yeah. and she she feels like I would say overall in the cast, like none of them really kind of feel like Dali did last season, where it was like you were watching the winner right from week one. But I think Eva is for me. I didn't come in till week two. I well, for, yes, you are correct. <laughs> Very end of week one in the in the teaser for week two. But no, but I think that that Eva for me is the queen that I that I'm most feeling that from, even more so than Victoria. Yeah, I'm getting it. Let's jump to Victoria then on that. I really feel Victoria is the one to be at the moment. And I think, interestingly, she seems to be the one with the least camera time. And I think that's actually Usually doing a her a service. Yeah. Because whenever you see her on screen, it's because she's doing something worthwhile. So I, I think with her, and this could be, like, this is early on in the competition. It could absolutely change. But I feel like with Eva the highs have been higher and even where there where there have been like lows they've still been more kind of you know they've been there's been more interesting and noteworthy whereas with victoria it's kind of been straight across the line i i and actually as i say that i do think about that look that she had for this week's thing and i think that is like spectacular yeah but yes i i still would be more excited by the journey i'm going on with eva than i am with with victoria cool uh, someone who I'm interested to know are they here to win or are they here to hang around Erica Clash they're here to hang around but they think they're here to win <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're like drag seems to be made up of like the toy show onesie collection like it is <laughs> God, I mean. so they came sixth in season two they're also a genderqueer uh, person and these they them at a drag um yeah, there's, there's a. It's hard to get to know them. I kind of felt that they came out the gate on the back door. And I don't think we've ever seen them laugh, smile, have a joke, have a witty remark in the talking head. It's like constantly on the back foot and defensive. And it's very hard to root for somebody yeah, in that. Yeah, I com- completely agree. And it, it is like. It's like they walked in there with a chip on their shoulder, feeling like the underdog with something to prove. They have established some kind of like vendetta against Apora and they're just going to live in that world regardless of the rest of the competition. And like they mm. have y- y- like, I don't know, like the, the the like the fact that they and we'll get into talking about some of the fright feats and the structure or whatever, like, but like the fact that they put themselves through so much pain in order to hamper someone who had literally already been eliminated and come back shows that they like that that they are not understanding that this competition extends beyond them versus Abhora. <clears throat> yeah. The, I know there's there's a bigger uh, love triangle to fry, but there seems to be a reference of a re- romantic past between Abhora and Erica too. 
Like, remember in the first episode where they're all paired off and, like, the camera pans over to them in absolute silence? I thought they said something like, oh, the attraction's still there. And Apollo's like, well, for me, it's not. Did you hear that? I didn't, but I wondered if that was that to do with, like, I don't know. The two of them confuse me. I'm not going to open the door to another love triangle, you know? (laughs) Love Island's coming back in January. Yeah, we'll we save don't, ourselves we don't, yeah, we'll save ourselves for that. Jovska season three came ninth. I, you know, we said this after Formaldehyde went home in season four. Well, I said it anyway, which is I'm really rooting for good masks drag on this show. And I still haven't got it really with this. I I just don't think that it, like... Well, okay, I, I'm I'm open to be being proven wrong because yeah. I'm sure that there is like a performer out there that could bring as much emotion as you can create through your through a face that can move out of like a mask. And I suppose like I am thinking about if if you like think of say Victoria Black Black's pumpkin look where she was able like and it's actually interesting mm. having her side by side with Yoska. Mm. It's like kind yeah. of like a masked queen that did something like what Victoria Black does that kind of like can still move their face and give the emotion it, I don't know I, I wasn't blown away by Yavska I think that they have obviously very high opinion of themselves and have a lot of followers on Instagram and that feel they feel like that kind of gives them some kind of permission to be I don't know a bit delusional but you know for me leaving this competition they'll just be reminded remembered as like was it Teletubby toilet seat yeah <laughs> toilet bowl Teletubby yeah. toilet bowl I think yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody has worn a beret in a talking head and not been a bitch. Do we count Valentina as a bitch? Oh yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think we do. No, you are right. Yeah. I think it's impossible. Like it's it's a it's like a rest a resting bitch beret, resting bitch face. Like you just you yeah. just don't you just <laughs> yeah. don't get the option. The bitchy beret. Mm. Uh, that being said, I was rooting for them. I kind of I I you know found myself when everyone was talking over them, everyone was dismissing them. I was like kind of rooting for them to speak up and to find their voice, but they only really seemed to have those catty comments in the talking head because. I kind of just got the vibe the others just didn't respect them. I think that's disappointing. Yeah, I you, you get the you, you can tell who the group respect and who the group don't respect. And mm. it, I I also could never quite get a handle on what Yovska's drag was. Like you know, was it like Terror Teddy Bear, where you know, kind of that first look was kind of I I I don't know. It was like the color story on it was really weird. It was so bright and white, yeah. and you know, I I just think that there isn't a there isn't something where you kind of know okay this is what that the look is going to be for this and then if you go back to the pumpkin look as well like i felt that the pumpkin look was kind of i thought it was bad yeah, it, it did it looked like you got like pumpkin teddies out of like a pound shop and just stuck them on i could feel the texture looking at it and it was it was like it was not a scary texture it was like a soft cuddly yeah, texture exactly so uh, Astrid Aurelia season four was the first to be eliminated on that season after winning the first episode. Um, oh no, sorry, second to be eliminated. Sorry, um, after winning the first episode. Uh, I'm still like I haven't warmed them, but I, I don't dislike them. They're a very like neutral energy. I think to the season, they they only really contribute towards a very strange dynamic with Apora because it seems to be 
are you okay i'm an empath i can feel your pain and then like whenever a porous is something oh well you're an egomaniac and i hate you like it's just it's just it's, it's like checking a lot it, it is I don't uh, it's, it's hard to like it is hard to to unpack and i i think like uh, like for apora astrid uh, well apora to a lesser extent but for astrid hoso and apora the three of them i think that their development as characters in this show is being corralled in around this storyline with the three of them mm. and it, it I, I think that for astrid you're getting the least idea of of who she is and like of you know kind of what she is beyond kind of very strong drag queen first episode for of of her her season followed by epic meltdown then get sent home and now back and is all like oh you know kind of i'm very you know zen i'm i'm an empath i i i feel why it's difficult for you that i'm banging the person you're in love with you know uh, i understand like i don't know it's it's all very like i you know it's it's like a lot of it feels put on for show and kind of like i'm trying to do damage mm. limitation for how this is going to be perceived once the show comes out because it's like i want to be look like i was being nice to abhora so people aren't saying how horrible are you that you were like rubbing this relationship in your face I mean, you know, it all comes back to the central bad person at the middle of it. But I think Abhora is not coming off in a very good light with this either. Which is a pity. Astrid? Astrid. Which is a pity because mm. their drag is really good. Like, their their look, the, the alien look was, was really good. I enjoyed their witch yeah. look. I enjoyed the, the, the Halloween kind of, you know, creature from the Black Lagoon look. They've done good drag. But I'm getting distracted yeah. by, by backstage drama. So I'm not even really you know it's not front of mm. my mind when i think about them yeah great makeup as well from them and yeah i agree and there was one bit where it was ava destruction kind of called them out and was like you know why are you rubbing it in a poor's face that you're you know you have this kind of chemistry with with hozu and they were like well i'm not gonna like fuck a po- hozu in front of a poor it's like well yeah because hozu's in a relationship you're not gonna be fucking her anyway so don't like say that you're just not doing it to be respectful yeah. you're not getting the chance to because yeah but I that know, i, I just, actually like i had i had that gone out of my head is the fact that like hozu was in like another relationship with someone else anyway yeah anyway we <laughs> shall not go there uh i feel we've discussed hozu plenty kendra victoria is there anything else you'd like to say on Apora? Um, I, I, I think that's like actually their that look, their kind of their not their entrance look, their their promo look is demented mm. and insane and speaks to a huge amount of talent and a, a huge kind of like interesting storyline that they could create her like with their drag. And it just is a pity to see someone who is so clearly very, very, very in their head. And who is in their head in five or six different ways at the same time. So they're overthinking all of the challenges. So they aren't performing at their best ability. They're also then overthinking everything in the workroom. So they're not able to kind of like... It just... It feels like you're watching someone who is like drowning. When you're when you're watching yeah. them in this season. I remember them from season two. Because they came fourth. So I guess they were... I got to see a good few episodes of them. I do remember them just pissing everybody off. And I think, you know, all <laughs> yeah. die hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that there is like, you know, a kind of a, an energy, like it kind of, I, I was watching this last, or watching like the, the first few episodes like last night and I just kind of thought like, this is what happens when you kind of like tell obnoxious, precocious, nerdy type people that they're special and better than everyone for long enough. It's, yeah. Yeah. 
One of my favorite lines of the season so far is, I have gone to New York and I have turned and swirled. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jasmine Kennedy. I was even rolling my eyes along with the queens then at Erica Clash. Yeah, it was. Oh my god, <laughs> it, was, it was a bit forced. Uh, so let's talk about some of the format changes. So instead of the eliminations, they're doing a fright feat before the floor show. They mentioned in the first episode that if you don't complete the fright feat, the previously eliminated queen gets an opportunity to come back and take, take your place. They haven't mentioned that since. I feel like the next time we hear that mentioned will be the week it happens. Okay. That would be my yeah, guess. I feel it's yeah. it's gonna have to happen at some point, um. But like even then, in like the fright, so the first fright feat was bobbing for apples. The second one was the spicy chilies, which stressed me out when we went from like five thousand on the Scoville scale to three point three million. I was like, oh my god, this just keeps going up, um. And then the third one was that vomitorium yeah. thing that they had to do. I think that, and the rules for that one, they're like, if you get sick, you're out. So I thought people might be out at that one. But like, yeah. I thought we heard someone get sick and they didn't kick them out. So I don't know. The rules seem a bit vague around that. Yeah, I feel I feel like they probably are like, the ne- as I said, the next time I think we hear about it will be when someone doesn't do it and then someone will get brought back. Um, but yeah, I the fright feats are kind of like they, I'm glad that they're not doing something that's like, I was going to say physically injuring people, but actually those like, that like red hot chili things. That could do serious damage to you. I know sometimes you have to, like, these restaurants are like, try the hottest chili ever, blah, blah, blah. You have to write, like, disclaimers, health insurance things. And I remember in college, some guy, apparently, a friend of mine, had ordered capsaicin online, which apparently is the chemical of spiciness. And he put it into a, a bolognese and I ate it like an idiot. And it was so hot. And, like, I kind of got over it. But now this is a bit... Visceral, but I could feel it work my way down its stomach, and like (laughs) I was just thinking of like how out of sorts I was after that, having to like sit there and sew together a garment. That's what (laughs) I was was thinking. It's like these, like these queens now are gonna have to like, you know, go and step into some sort of like tacky back costume, and then like you know, flap flap flap. (laughs) Like no wonder they're. Like, no wonder you're kind of, like, not performing at your best. Yeah, not, not picking anyone in general. <laughs> yeah. Also then, so episode one, there was a secret ballad for elimination. And then they pick Apora and Kendra. No. It was Erica. No, Erica. Yeah, Apora yeah, and Erica, sorry. Up for elimination. And Apora goes. And then Apora is back again the next episode. And that really confused me, but I think the whole—I don't think—I think they never were planning to send that person home properly because they have got rid of the secret ballot. So I think it was just supposed to be a a trick. Yeah, I think so, and I think it was probably intended to just create a bit of drama the following week, especially because like they then were like, mm. "Oh, someone voted for someone that wasn't." Uh... Yeah, when that piece of paper happened to be lying around, I was like, "Yeah," and I, I, to be honest, I, I was a bit like, "You don't." you don't need to be doing this like you don't need to create this extra drama like we, we there's plenty going on there's a literal love triangle like you're fine um but yeah I, and i'm glad that they didn't keep that kind of thing i'm, I'm glad that they didn't keep the um the secret ballot thing because I, I just felt like 
it's better that the drag that the the Boulay brothers are actually making the decision. I think, and I also think that moving the kind of the, I suppose what what is the the extermination style challenge to before the floor show. I think that adds an interesting dynamic, especially if they get to ones where people don't do it, and there's like a sense of like, oh, if I don't do this, then such and such a person gets a chance to come back into the competition. Like I think that could add some an interesting dynamic later in the season. Um. Yeah. But yeah, so... I think the episode does... Like, because they've got rid of those, like, horror tableaus at the start and the end of the episode. And I do sort of feel like... Although the Queen does fall, like, through a trap door, which I like, and then their portrait appears on the wall of portraits, which I also like, it does sort of feel like the episode ends in a whimper. Yeah, I, 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 I suppose I really enjoyed... The, the fact that they wove those kind of narratives through the season and that there was this kind of mm. like, you know, each one kind of came with its own boulet storyline. Like, it wasn't the resurrection. It was, I think it was the season three where they had the the kind of like, it was, I don't know, it was like the vampires. Party, it was. It yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. I just like, I like, I thought the exterminations were fun and interesting and, and sort of like a, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I do, I wish that they kept the, the little intro outro pieces i miss those okay yeah i was thinking i wish that like <clears throat> the outros are what happens directly after the queen falls through hell etc so maybe she falls through like a rubber shoot or she falls under water and then there's a scene of her di- death there yeah because she just falls and you don't ever get to see her landing and i think that's kind of you, like I, I don't think that helps the horror i think that detracts from it yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, it would be something that would add a kind of a... And I think that that was one of the things that really set Dragula apart from Drag Race was like the fact that there was almost this like, narrative woven through the whole series. And yeah, I would agree. I kind of wish they would just let them fall as well rather than say their name. Uh, yeah, I think that would be... Yeah, that would be... Like the million pound drop. I mean, I was thinking about that, but wasn't there also, like, have I seen, I'm pretty sure I have seen, that there was, like, a, a, a romantic, like, a one of those, like, dating shows where at the end of it, the person pulled the lever and the person fell through the floor. I think so. I can't remember what it was either, but I think that did happen, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, what do you think of the Curse of Baldness? Um, I mean, it could have been used much more effectively. Like, I, I think that that is, like, one of those mm-hmm. things, like, I mean, had they used that on someone else like i mean for example like i mean yovska being the obvious person had they used it on yovska like if was it the case that your whole head had to be completely bald you could do nothing except put makeup on it because that would have completely hampered them you know like i i <laughs> i think that that was an int- that was a a clever hamper to give someone and it just was used <laughs> quite poorly by the person who eventually like ate like seven million scoville whatever's of chili in order to get it just to be like i'm gonna give it to you because you were being mean to me yeah i know and i actually think you know they talk about how it ended up being a blessing for abhor but i think like it 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 pushed them to come up with a really creative solution which showed her skill and art and creativity more so than the original look might have yeah exactly because i'd be interested to see what that look actually was supposed to look like with whatever wig was was on top of it um, because I'd imagine it probably wouldn't have looked as as complete or as good as the way it ended up doing with the kind of 
like spiral thing through the the paint on the head definitely right one final thing before we go to the floor shows i am over finger clapping clapping between your index and your thumb I'm yeah me too don't want to see it anymore it's annoying yeah it, yes this is this is no longer my love letter to finger clapping my finger my love letter to finger clapping is is gone um no you are right um we don't need a bit of that i i do think though like how else you show appreciation when you are wearing nails that are like six foot long thumbs up <laughs> um, you can nod nod yes and be like yes i agree with that okay that is true that is true okay we'll, we'll give that. right the first floor show was the halloween house party uh who stood out for you for good and bad reasons? So for so the, the, the little group that were dancing in the living room, I felt like they stood out for the wrong reasons. I thought the three of them were clearly not in time. So that was Kendra Coco and Melissa Befierce as Frankenstein, the mummy and the vampire. I thought that they were all very kind of, they were all very all over the place. And like none of them seem to be doing anything in sync, which sort of I found very distracting. I I liked the sort of weird mask, like energy of the of Kendra's um Frankenstein. Yeah, I, I, the eighties vibe. I thought was really yeah, nice. but I I actually then felt like because the other two costumes were so completely different that the whole three of them just looked really odd together. Mm. Um, I yeah. I did think that probably the um the Ouija board twins were the best in the in terms of like their actual scene working together, and, yeah. and then Victoria's pumpkin head was definitely the the standout costume for me. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I loved Victoria's pumpkin head. I I generally could not work out where it ended. Yes, exactly. It was it was applied so well. It was so interesting. It gave me like Katy Perry vibes. No offense to Katy Perry's skin. Um, <laughs> well, apparently she voted but, Republican. It's all over uh, so. Twitter or Mastodon or wherever you are these days. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and I loved Ava's devil. I thought the contouring on it was brilliant. Oh, like the full body coverage of that that uh, that like body paint. Yeah, they no, were was by far the two standouts for me, and I, I think. Victoria did deserve the win. Oh, completely, yeah. Um, in terms of standout lines of the season, though, I did think um, Yovska's uh, line about Apora being like, of course I knew what she was. She was a feather duster. I was like, I thought that yeah. was very funny. <laughs> but I, I, I also was like, when Apora, because I just was like, oh, Apora is like some kind of a, a creepy witch or something or like i couldn't figure out like i i can't she said she was something else oh she said she was an alien alien yeah, yeah and i was like oh apura is a witch because it kind of had a witchy look to it and then when she said alien i was like right okay i, I just don't get this at all yeah yeah no apura consistently gives me the crows of eyes for like that's oh the, the crow winning 100 percent. Like, that is it <laughs> um i i I would also say i i did i would have like i know that it was like was it it was a pora who was the third person in the bottom because it was a pora erica and coco 
Coco. Okay. Yeah, Apora and Coco were by far like they, they deserved those bottom placements, I think, much much more um I'd than... say Yovska as well. I really didn't vibe with that. No, I didn't like that. I thought pumpkin it was pumpkin. No, thing. it wasn't very good. But Erica's bass costume. I thought that the makeup was cute. Like there was a kind of like a Hanna Barbara cartoony element to the to the makeup of it. Yeah. But just the costume itself, like I mean like it just was not good. <laughs> not to laugh. Um, I think for me, it summed all up when she just stood there and raised the arms. That I just was like, she's not giving. She's just, she no. has the costume on. Where's the performance, girl? Exactly. We're waiting for a serve. Where is our serve? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was hard to root for her. Um, so, yeah. No, okay, so we seem pretty in, in line with the judges there for that one. Um, Astrid, we didn't mention Astrid as the sort of sea monster host. I didn't think it deserved high placing. I thought it was very safe for me. I, I thought it was fine. I liked the costume, but it didn't look like a fit. I think that was the thing that I, I felt a bit sort of mm. kind of weird with. Is that like it, it sort of looked a little bit like it was, um, I don't know, like the head piece looked like it was a bit too small. Hmm. But yeah, but it was, yeah. I mean, yeah. Fun. It was, it was fun. fun. It was fun. Fun, fun idea. All right, let's move on to sh- floor show two, which was the witches. Um, the people who stood out for me the most was Ava Destruction. I loved the classic silhouette and how it was all served. Um, just like such great stage presence and did a great job with that lipstick. I quite like that, that song about the shoes. Um Hozo, I actually quite liked. We'll get into my critique for Hozo in the next floor show, but this one I actually thought was elevated and was like a kind of different shape for them. I really liked it. And then the other person I liked was um, Victoria. I thought it was really sort of eternal white witch. Like, you know, in Game of Thrones, yeah. when the red witch like took off her magic, she was like this old wizard lady. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciated that. And like, they must work in in theater makeup or something because the prosthetics and stuff they use is oh is insane like absolutely insane yeah um no for for me I thought that Eva Victoria and and I and also um, Melissa's which I thought like I quite liked like I know Melissa's witch was sort of very sort of um I don't know, Cinderella take this apple kind of thing but I really liked I thought it was very classic and I, I enjoyed it a lot I, I mean I didn't pay a huge amount of attention to the shoes the only shoes that I really paid attention to were Kendra's which were terrible and um, <laughs> and Yoska's which I thought were really cute uh, and then I also loved Eva's ones with the skin and the, the rubies underneath. I thought that was, was really Oh good. yeah they were amazing and who had the teeth? Was that a Pora? Yeah Pora had the yeah, I, I liked them. I actually, you know, I liked Apore's look as, as well. I thought there was something, like, really French about it. I don't know, whatever way, the, like, her face was being pulled, it was, like, really tall, thin, French man with a handlebar moustache and, like, a suit. I don't know, something about that aesthetic was kind of, like, echoed in how... In, yeah, it in had this sort of, like, follow the yellow brick road bit about it as well because of the spirals, which I which I did, mm. which I, which I did kind of enjoy. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I think that for me, the the weakest of, of it was definitely Kendra. Kendra's one I just like that top looked like a top you would just see someone wearing going shopping. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I kind of had to jump to say, is it Voodoo Witch that she's going for? Yeah, or like the Santeria Witch. 
she didn't take me there. I had to kind of kind of guess. Yeah. So yeah, it was sort of like more. I mean, it was I think like you know at one point in it she just sort of explained like she at one point she explained the she explained the the concept is like kind of being like the voodoo witch that like the real housewives of Atlanta would call, and so I was like okay I kind of get that but like you need to see something more exciting like it needs to be something a bit more exciting than just like regular clothes with like a bit of feathers on Pl- here plumage yeah yeah and I do think like that the. the the, the plumage and the gold head was pretty cool like was really cool so it was sort of a pity that the the rest of it just sort of felt so you know and I mean like I, I did think as always she was like oh this 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 uh, shirt is made out of uh, authentic African fabric I was like that's not actually that impressive <laughs> just gonna say that's not that impressive it's only impressive if you do something impressive with the authentic African fabric <laughs> just <laughs> having authentic African fabric does not itself a impressive outfit make because it's probably made in a sweatshop because of our racist capitalist world that we live in. I mean, you know, yes. <laughs> um, what did you think of Erica's Candy Witch? I did not like Erica's Candy Witch. Uh, I thought that it was, first of all, like kind of very samey to what we saw at the in the promo thing with all like the basically an outfit with loads of shit stuck on it. Um, mm. And like, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. If it was an outfit with lots of shit stuck on it. I, yeah. I, that, I, that's what I'm but I, it was also like the kind of the, the I don't know, like the, the, the filth aspect of like, kind of like making themselves sick and whatever it was. <sighs> I don't know. Like, was it a thesis on eating disorders? I'm not sure. But like it, it, it it did it yeah. it didn't make him it, it may have gagged her but it didn't gag me gag me mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh the third floor show was the sci-fi horror double feature um and yeah so hozo i felt gave me an out of the box ready to go hozo look I've seen her with the samurai sword. I've seen them with three faces before. This could be because like they were in the last episode of Dragon I watched prior to the season because they're so fresh. But I really didn't feel this was anything new for Jose. No. Um their looks are very similar. And I, I, I don't know, like I mean I'm not to, to like thread over, you know, old grind again. Like th- their their looks are very similar. But they always do do something really interesting or different in them, like kind of like with the the witch look where they had the, where are in the it's look where they had the um, the what do call it the the rats and all in the shoes and stuff. So they obviously bring like interesting elements of stories into it, and they. But you are right in that the silhouette is often fairly similar. The presentation is often fairly similar. You always kind of know what you're going to get, and then I do think an element of if you're rooting for the queen then you're going to say, oh, this is amazing. Whereas if you're kind of not moved for the queen, you're going to be like, oh, right, okay, that was kind of samey. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked Ava Destruction's robot killer maid. Like, she told me the story straight away that it was, this is a, a futuristic robot maid that cleans your house that has malfunctioned and has gone on a killing spree. And the fact that she's painted this picture for me of this world in like five seconds 
goes to show like how brilliant it was of a character that I personally don't care if it was yeah I, that that did frustrate me as well because every single thing that Erica every, like every base piece of Erica's looks to date like all three of them have been pre-bought articles like even in in this uh science fiction double feature thing like that bodysuit was the same bodysuit that bob the drag queen wore on the runway in season eight as the robot robot. like so it's like you can't (laughs) give that critique like that i suppose that shows almost like how they're stratifying stratifying the the queens in their own head and that they're saying we expect more from you Mm. eva destruction we're not going to get too worried about what Erica's doing. Like, Erica's looked great from the bust up. Yeah. I was like, oh God, this is really good. It's really powerful. And then it zoomed out and zoomed in on like her leg. And I was like, oh no. The, I mean, and I don't know, this could sort of be um, like reading, to, me reading sort of too much into the, to, into like the theme. So it was like, when I was looking at it, I wanted something that felt like, aliens otherworldly sci-fi so like i was kind of looking for like event horizon that kind of style of like grotesque gross out and like you know say very much on the nose of kind of what i think what what eva did kind of brought us to that science fiction place obviously what victoria did but with erica's one it was more sort of like i don't know puff the magic dragon like kind of game of thrones than it was mm. in that so like i felt like it wasn't very futuristic because it was those classic like chinese like uh flying dragons was well I, I i don't know i suppose like for and this is me maybe being too prescriptive in that i'm like oh if it's going to be space and aliens i want it to be space and aliens rather than kind of like monsters on our planet type of thing i don't necessarily yeah. feel like it's a look that like i i don't know i i sort of didn't feel like it matched my vision of the challenge yeah, I, I think that's actually fair. I was more taken aback by how impressed I was by an apparent glow up when I saw it zoomed in like from the bust up. And then as soon as we got like a wide shot, it just looked so small yeah. and like meek in comparison. I was like, oh, no, maybe yeah, it wasn't I, I can't remember now. It's got out of my head if it's the same. But it's like, I think Erica has had a thing over the last couple of weeks of kind of having like small wings like the bat wings yeah. are quite small and then the wing and it's like no you know if you're if you're going to do something it needs it needs to command the stage so like they need to be sort of you know either they need to be purposefully small in which case it needs to feel like that's the way they were meant to be it can't be kind of like here's a suggestion of like massive dinosaur wings for me and my hand mm. puppets um yeah yeah agree yeah I loved Melissa's sexy alien orc with braids. I that was, was so gorgeous. good. That was what I was, Character. that's what I was looking for. Because also like you, you understood yeah. exactly what the reference was. You knew exactly who this was supposed to be. But it was also like, as the Boulets pointed out, like kind of so much work had gone into making this like hyper, hyper glam. It was like you had the sort of the predator who had taken a break from like hunting down Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger or whoever it was the Predator hunted down in yeah. order to like Swarovski their entire bodysuit yeah yeah brilliant Astrid we kind of mentioned how much we liked that look from her the alien with all the eyes on it the lasers was cool the laser Ava actually had in their mouth was really interesting so I don't know yeah. how they managed to do that um Erica, Coco did you like stripper Barbarella from Coco? Yeah I did this is something though that worked on pure 
charisma. Like this was like this was a, a very basic look that really just worked on uh worked on the basis of charisma. It like the look itself was very basic. Um it was impressive that she pulled it all together or that she pulled it all together and it was impressive that they managed to kind of make that like gun thing and there was enough kind of of you understood the storyline. It was sort of like, oh here's your you know, jewel encrusted laser hand cannon with the built-in vanity mirror for the for the the prostitute on the go in Deep Space Nine. So I thought it was like it was a fun story, but it was quite basic by compared to some of the other looks. I felt it was like a Halloween costume version of what Shea Coulee is going to look like when she's in that new Marvel movie. I can see it, and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Victoria, I mean, this was astounding. And look, I guess, like, this was kind of the first time I felt the show was confronted by the wealth disparity that now hits Drag Race at times. That, like, obviously Victoria has the means and the contacts to get herself these silicon-based costumes that are just, you know, you know, film-worthy and I think at some point somebody said, who are we competing with? You know, Universal Studios. Because it was it was that good. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I think that's the thing with, like, if you're on sort of a standard, say, drag race, where it is just gowns and, like, looks, like, you can kind of, like, cover a bit of that with just sort of, like, cleverly putting together stuff and making it yourself. But when it comes to that kind of special effects, like, unless you do it perfectly and do it, to the degree that that victoria did you're not going to be able to make that on a budget like you're not going to be getting out your chicken wire and papier mache to build that for yourself but i mean it was spectacular it was like i i I think was it alaska said like there was a a few minutes a few moments watching it where like you didn't actually know if the head itself was or one of the boule said the head itself was like a prosthetic and that you like it you didn't Mm -hmm. know what was going on and it all looked amazing yeah it was it was fantastic Kendra's English girl. What was going on there? With the fur coat laying an egg? I didn't get it. And then even and then she's like, girl, I was clearly an alien. What was Abora? I was like, really? Were you clearly an alien? Would you say? Yeah, I did not get this at all. And I was like, they also did her a lot of favours. Because it is like, if you've been watching Dragula as, as Kendra has been for the entire run of the show, you know that the floor show is played under heavy house bass. Like, it, it is not a space for, like, improv. Like, that is not a clankety-clank or a snatch game, you know? <laughs> and so it was, like, it, it just was, like, the fact that they even allowed, like, they obviously were, like, right, we're going to try and show this in the best light possible by giving her, um, we're going to show this in the best light possible by, like, giving her this kind of, um, the moments of actually kind of like showing yeah. dropped audio and, and, yeah. and, and yeah I, I don't know I, I felt a little bit like she had just not tried that was kind of the feeling I yeah. got it was like she just hadn't tried that it was just like what do I have in my wardrobe that I can just yeah and I wonder is it a thing in the show and like if we think of Erica in episode 2 and Kendra in episode 3 where Kendra was like oh what I wanted to do wasn't allowed for TV is it a thing where you, if you feel your luck is weak that you up the filth and you just do something disgusting and hope you get by by, you know, eating a bird. Bird turd. 
Yeah, because didn't didn't Abora eat a bird? Oh, Abora. No, I felt like with the, so I th- I think that there was a moment where they showed Kendra like dropping something from her rear and then eating it off the ground. So yeah. I was like, I I don't know what that was, but I fe- I felt like with Abora's, it was that was an intentional bird eating. Yeah, I think so. But again, that was like kind of with with Erica's look as well, where I looked at that and kind of sort of saw more of like the oh god i can't even remember what they were called but like the bad guys from twilight the sort of the oh, whatever they were whoever they were um that sort of like i really like Venetian the, thing those those discs or like the the ring she had around her head like that was really striking it was a shame she took that off so early it really was I, like i think as well like i mean obviously the same as 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 with um with coco in the in the, the the witch challenge with the hat it's like kind of mm. the most interesting piece on the look just gets cast aside so quickly and then you're left yeah. sort of looking at this thing it's like i don't understand what this is well it is yeah yeah um do you disagree with any of the eliminations thus far um i mean i agree with them bringing i disagree with them bringing abhora back but um well also because for some that. reason i thought there was only six episodes but there's actually ten so I was like, sorry, <laughs> you've only five episodes left and you bring the first person back. So I guess if they stand, they needed to make it up. And I actually think the drag Abora has shown since makes me glad she hasn't yeah. left. So although it did piss me off at the start and it pissed me off by the lack of explanation we got for it, I'm okay with it now. No, I'm okay with it. And actually, to be honest, the reason that it, that it sort of irritated me more, more was because I was like, oh, right, oh good, I'm glad. We're, we're done with this love triangle. Love triangle, yeah. Narrative. And now it's like, oh no, that, that feels like that is here to become a central tenant it's, of the, the series. Yeah. It's back, 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 back. It again. is. Like all of Hoso's lovers. <laughs> uh, for me... If you were to ask me who I think is going to win, I think it's going to be Victoria. I think like having come second slash third in Resurrection, I think this is just lining up naturally for her to take the win. But I would like to see it down between her and Ava Destruction as like a top. Yeah, I I would agree. I think that it's Eva and um, it's Eva and Victoria are kind of on on another level. Um, I would like some form of I don't know redemption narrative for Hoso to come pretty quickly like if I do feel like if if Hoso is able to like understand and recognize the damage that they're doing and apologize for it and take ownership for it and break things off with Apora and perhaps stop because flirting with with uh with um Astrid in the in the workroom like I think that would make for a much more enjoyable watching experience because it's more about the drag then than it is about these sort of like additional distractions yeah uh i could also see melissa in a top three i think they're like my three the three strongest that i feel could see going to the end because i mean apora i think in terms of output is great but she just keeps missing the mark on the brief coco i think will be gone next episode and i don't see astrid as of yet Purely in terms of a reality TV character, make it to the end. Yeah, I, I, I feel like we're probably looking at 
Melissa, Eva, Victoria, and Hoso as the top four. Like that would be the, the top yeah. four that I would be probably feel it would be the most correct. All right. Well, we'll be back in. I think maybe after episode seven, I will do the middle four. So yeah, if you are listening to this, DM us your thoughts on the season. I'd love to know whether you think the drama is taking away from the art. I'd love to know how other people stand on that, whether you love the drama. Uh, And yeah, we'll be back with you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.